welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode 101. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary here with you on a Monday after the divisional round. Man, Really good games this weekend. Now, I'm recording. It's about halftime of the final game when I'm recording this on Sunday evening. So the first three games, man, three really fun ones. We'll get into that. We're going to do voicemails and stuff, too. Uh, But before that, just wanted to say cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about upgrading your grooming routine for the new year? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, I, for one, am a big fan of the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0 with the 4K LED Spotlight the best thing that you will do for yourself in 2022 so uh, i recommend checking it out so with that can we talk about the the divisional round am i allowed to talk about other teams in the jets podcast i promise you i'm gonna answer a billion questions in this episode it's gonna be a longer one than last week don't worry um but from the playoffs man what did we learn well tom brady uh hate to see it couldn't have happened to a better guy bounced from the playoffs aaron Rodgers. Hate to see it. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Bounced from the playoffs. Uh, and then uh, Joe Burrow bounces Tennessee. I like that Joe Burrow cat, man. He's a good quarterback. He's fun. The Bengals are fun. I would like the Jets to be fun. Because the Bengals, I, I did this last week, but I'm going to do it again quickly. I'm not going to go as long last time. Bengals had the first overall pick two years ago. Jets had the second overall pick last year. Can they take some strides going forward and be a competitive team in year two with their quarterback and a young head coach and like, I don't know, add some playmakers and actually have like have a functioning uh, high octane offense and put up a ton of points and find yourself in an AFC championship game. Now I wouldn't want to go that far. That'd be, that'd be beautiful. I'm not going to even go that far. I just want, to take strides forward, please. That has that's that's a must. But things that I've seen, you need a quarterback who can throw to a bunch of playmakers. You look at all the teams that are are winning these games, the Bengals, ton of options at wide receiver, good tight end, good running back. Uh then you have on the nightcap the 49ers. They have a playmaker like Debo. Uh, Yeah, they didn't score, uh, but special teams helped them. And then again, special teams really helped all three of those teams. Uh, Evan McPherson kicks a game winner. You got Robbie Gould, the old Chicago Bear kicker, kicking a field goal in San Francisco. He's still chugging right along. Uh, And Aaron, I still can't get over Aaron freaking Rodgers putting up 10 points in Green Bay. In Green Bay, at his home stadium, man. They just, they find ways to lose football games in January. They just do. It's it's unreal. Uh, love the take from the the Jets, the Jets iconic beat writer Connor Hughes saying that Rodgers isn't a top ten quarterback of all time after that loss, which just seems like a massive overreaction. But um, we we move forward and, and onward. 
Um, and then today, the Rams, they had just the perfect game plan for the most part early on in that game. They almost tried to give it away, got a little conservative at times, uh, but Bucks looked undisciplined. How about Brady getting called for uh, personal? Well, no, not a personal foul. Oh, sorry, I got distracted because the Chiefs just scored a touchdown to go up. To, it's going to be 24-14. Uh, it was Hardman who scored a touchdown there. So they are beating up on Buffalo uh, right now. But as we saw, it ain't over till it's over in any of these games. But the Tampa Bay undisciplined, man. Brady yelling at the referees, getting penalized. It's uh, a new day. And while there were rumors that he was going to retire earlier in the day. I would be stunned if he retires after getting bounced out in a divisional round. I think he's going to want to make another run to the Super Bowl there. I don't know how. I feel like if he won the Super Bowl this year, again, maybe he would peace out after that. But, I mean, he, he threw, threw 5,000 freaking yards this year. I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. And they missed the extra point. I spoke too soon, 23-14, to 14, so... I love when the mascots go nuts in the background and like headbutt the goalpost in the frustration. That's hysterical. Sorry, I know like this probably isn't as interesting to you after the fact, but kind of like the reaction as it's going on in the background that I'm not turning the game off. So we're just going to have to make do here. Um, but yeah, that, that my biggest takeaways from the divisional round is special teams matters, get playmakers, and don't trouble not choking in the playoffs. Like, uh, the Green Bay Packers do every single year, it feels like. Uh, we also, so on the live stream, if you didn't check it out, so on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m., I've been doing live streams. Going to try to keep those going. We talked a lot about wide receiver trades, and we really talked about the the main options of DJ Moore, Michael Thomas, uh, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf. Um, I don't, I kind of came to the consensus that I don't know if I want to give up pick 10 of that group. I think DK is maybe the most intriguing because of his age. Ridley is too, but not playing this year didn't help. Michael Thomas, great receiver, seven games in two years, scares the life out of me. Amari Cooper, $20 million for three more years is definitely the downside. DK, I know what people are going to say. He's not the best route runner, which is true. Kind of a one-trick pony deep threat, which I don't know if I would say that's true. It's definitely what he's best at, but the Jets kind of need a guy like that. Um, or if you just want to say, F it, we're not going to give up a, a pick and a allocate a ton of resources to that, and we're just going to take Traylon Burks, Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, one of those guys at pick 10, I could also say, all right, thank you very much. Let's rock and roll. Um, because I think the Jets need more at wide receiver, which kind of loops back to our original point, talking about the divisional round. Weapons. Yeah, the Jets took strides on offense. I am very, very happy, but we can't be like, they got to 21st overall. We're good, baby. Let's go. We're running it back with this wide receiver core. We're going to have, you know, uh, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, and that's it. We're fine. We we'll let Jameson Crowder walk. No, 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 no. You got to add more. You got to add two tight ends and probably one more running back in the draft. You need more in this league. You do. Uh, defense needs to improve, obviously, but I think you could spend a little in free agency on defense, fill it out in the mid to late rounds, address the offense, uh, a tight end in free agency, and then heavy on the, the youth in the first four picks in the top 40. 
um, and get to work. That would be fun. That would be really fun. So with that, we're going to go into voicemails. Don't have much to say at the top here uh, because instead I want to talk to you guys about what you have to say. And uh, Finn from Cali is going to get us started and we're going to talk about some wide receivers. Hey, Matt. It's Finn from California. What up, dude? Um, I'm calling in to talk about receivers because that's what excites me, I guess. But um, I was looking at receivers that just get drafted 10 Yes. And with Jamison Williams getting hurt, it kind of thinks, like, should they draft one? And, you know, there's the Ohio State guys like Olave and Wilson, but you and Ryan and Greenberg were all talking about Traylon Burks, and I didn't know who that was. And, and then I searched up his highlight reel, and the dude's, like, I mean, he's just, like, a, <laughs> insane. He, he runs is. fast, he's very good. big. I saw him, like, stiff-arming guys, like, if we could get that, that would help us so much with, you know, because we got the little guys. We got Moore and Barrios to run the end around, but we need a guy who can just body people because we thought Corey Davis was going to do that, but he can't. So, and I, I like Corey Davis. I think he's going to be fine, but we need a guy who can just, like, body guys, like a, like a Derrick Henry, but he's a receiver. So, kind of. And the dude, like, just his – his acceleration is crazy. Like he catches the ball in the flat and then he just takes off and runs, takes it 90 yards. So I know you're high on him. So I guess, I don't know if it's a reach to take him at 10, no. but I think it'd be a good idea to take him. So, uh, have a good one and go Jets. Thank you. I, I'm glad you looked him up after we talked about him, uh, because I, I think it's worthwhile. And it's not, I'm not anti Wilson Olave or Drake London or even Jameson Williams before the injury. I'm not anti that. I'd be happy with those guys. But with Traylon Burks, what he offers is something that the Jets don't have right now. They don't have it. And to have someone that big and that fast and can run that well with the ball in his hands, he's fun. He's a really, really, really fun watch. I I like that kid. I want him in green and white. I want him bad. You know who turned me on to him? Um, oh, my God. It was the Badlands podcast. Joe Caparoso and Connor Rogers. The two of them, they, were, they talked about him a few times. Um, and Connor Rogers, who covers the NFL draft for Bleacher Report and someone whose opinion I value a lot, uh, is very, very high on Traylon Burks. So, um, obviously, you, you know, do your own research and figure out what you want to do or which players you like. But um, he kind of sparked that idea for me. And then I went in and watched. And what I saw, I really, really liked. Russell in Texas wants to talk Dalton Schultz. This is Russell. I'm playing from, Flor- from, from Georgetown, Texas. I'm playing about um, – I live in Florence, Texas. I hope the Jets signed tight end from Dallas. Thank you, buddy. Um, me too. I really hope the Jets signed the tight end from Dallas. That's Dalton Schultz, uh, and I'm sh- I'm sure since you know you're you're down there in Texas, I would assume that you've seen him play a lot and. 
Yeah, he's a really good player, and I think he would make an immediate impact on this team. Uh, he's someone that I've talked about a lot on this channel and someone who I think would be, like I said, a, a, an impact player in both the rushing attack and the passing attack. I agree, Russell. I would love Dalton Schultz on this roster. I think he is a great fit. Ben in Jersey up next. We're going to get into wide receiver. It's going to be a heavy wide receiver talk, I feel like. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. What up, dude? So I just want to take a few minutes to talk about something that I feel is the Jets kind of have to do this season. So I know you uh, you are high on drafting a wide receiver in the first round. I've heard Traylon Burks coming to the mix. I heard Jameson Williams before he got hurt. But I feel like instead of drafting a receiver in the first round, that we should go out and, A, either sign a proven receiver or, B, trade for one. So one person I think that is imperative that we get this season is Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, there are rumors that have been swirling around that he potentially might get moved from Atlanta as they shift further into a rebuild. And I think we should be all over this. Um, we should definitely, I think this needs to be our Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins trade that makes the, makes our young quarterback even better and propels us to potentially a playoff team. I know drafting an exciting young receiver on a cheap contract is great, but with the way that the Jets have developed receivers in previous years, I don't trust the way, I don't trust our, um, this is fair. Much. I just think that in order to, to win now or win next year, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> I think we should go out and trade for Ridley because the free agency market kind of dried up a little bit after Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup went down with ACL tears. Mike Williams is probably the best realistic name that we can get, but I just see him as a jump ball receiver, which I don't think that fits our scheme that well. And obviously, there's probably no chance we get Devontae Adams. Yeah, I agree. So, trading for Ridley, I think, might be our best bet of getting a true number one receiver. And realistically, I think it would only cost a second and, like, a conditional fourth or fifth. I mean, the true concern with him is obviously got to make sure his mental health is in check. But A.J. Brown came out and said a few months ago that Elijah Moore almost basically saved his life when he was talking about his mental health. So I don't know if we'll be tampering, but if Moore talks <clears throat> to Ridley, make sure he's all good and he is fine, That and the Jets should definitely try to make a move for him then. Because when Ridley is on the field, he is a great Pro Bowl receiver. And I just think that we should definitely make that trade. Let me know your thoughts, and as always, go Jets. Yeah, if he checks out, then I agree. And I think you're spot on with the second rounder and a conditional. Um, and that that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that you did because clearly you didn't because you're saying that you would like him. I think a lot of people make the, when they think mental health issues, the first person they think of is Antonio Brown, which while Antonio Brown very well may have his issues with mental like. That's I don't think is fair to lump anyone, everyone in who has mental health issues into the Antonio Brown category because he's he's just a bad guy. It's like yes, he he has 
clearly not all right, but he's just also bad. Like, I don't know. We don't know what Calvin's situation is like. Anxiety and depression is not the same as what 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 we see on the field and off the field from Antonio Brown, who was an alleged sexual offender and just not a good person. So, um, yeah, if if he is fine and wants to play, then yeah, he he played at all pro level. And like, obviously, you just said it with AJ Brown. And no one talks about him having mental health issues, which if he talks about that, he was, you know, suicidal and that uh, Elijah Moore saved his life, then obviously anxiety, depression, you know, all those things play a factor in it. I think more people deal with mental health issues than the average person realizes and that there's different levels of it and if he felt that he had to and he being Calvin Ridley had to step away this year to get right and he is able to work on himself over the last few months and feels that he's in the right headspace to come back then I'm for it he didn't quit on his team despite what I don't know some of the hot takes on social media or in the comments are going to say um so yeah I'm I'm with you on that Ben if you could check if he everything checks out there and you're his market's like a second and, uh, I don't know, conditional pick, like call it, I don't know, a third in the following year that could turn into something else based on playing time or something like that, then yeah, let's do it. Uh, Jay is calling in from Maryland, and he wants to get into the NFL draft. Hey, Matt, this is Jay from Maryland. What's up, man? A uh, long time viewer been watching since the very first podcast and even before oh, that thank you the show first time calling and i had a draft scenario for you wanted to get your thoughts on it i know lately a lot of people have been asking if we would like to package both of our seconds to move back into the first round and personally i am totally against it i don't like the idea of giving up on two quality possible first round prospects slipping into the second, I think it's a bad idea. But in this situation, I have a scenario where it could actually work. So I'm going to do sort of a mini mock draft, and I want to get your thoughts on it. At four, I have the Jets taking Evan Neal. He slips past the first three picks. Love it. And it's just great value, great talent, Yep. and also a need. Now at 10... I have Derek Stingley slipping because of injury concerns, and the Jets trade down to 14 with the Baltimore Ravens, who are going to give up a second-round pick in 2023 to come up and take Derek Stingley. And at 14, the Jets take Garrett Wilson. Now, here's where things get interesting. Okay. After trading down with the Baltimore Ravens and acquiring that extra second-round pick next year, I'm going to have the Jets trade up from 35 to 24 with the Dallas Cowboys, giving up that second-round pick next year that we got from Baltimore, giving up a third-round pick next year as well, and doing a mid-round pick swap where we give Dallas pick 114, and they give us pick 126, and we move up and take N'Kobe Dean. Oh, oh, baby. And then in the second round at pick 38, we take Trey McBride. 
this is my draft scenario. I just thought it was an interesting way for us to move back up into the second round or into the first round without giving up both seconds. Um, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Uh, love the show. Keep it up, man. Have a good one. Jay. Tremendous. That that is that is like hang that in the Metropolitan Museum of Art good. Wow. I love how you like how detailed you went through that too. Where Stingley falling, and at first I was like, oh no, is he gonna say take Stingley at ten? But no, we have Ravens trading up for him, which I could see, by the way. Um, they desperately need help at that position too, and they just moved on from their defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale. Uh, and then Wilson, okay, I I really like that a lot. If you can come away with with the Jets' first four selections being Neil, Wilson, Dean, and McBride, holy crap, man. That is really, really, really good. Really good. Because then you have a, a playmaking wide receiver, a playmaking tight end, an offense, a premier offensive lineman, and then a linebacker who, who could be a leader from day one and learn under the tutelage of CJ Mosley. Oh, I love that. Phenomenal, phenomenal mock. I love it. Thank you for calling in. I love it. We're going to go. Who's this? Tom? Tom in Maine. Hi, this is Tom. I'm calling from Maine. Um, I wanted to point out that, in my opinion, there is no more important and objective for Joe Douglas this offseason than to fix the running game um, and the offensive line. And to me, that would include tight end. Um, you do that, obviously, you've opened up another passing we uh, weapon for Zach Wilson. You fix the running game. Now you've got a potent running game. And fixing the offensive line cannot be understated. Um, it provides Zach with, with, with protection, and he has a running game to lean on. Those things, all by themselves, without even taking a wide receiver, because everybody's so focused on taking a wide receiver at 10 or at 4, for that matter. I just don't think that's a good use of our top draft, uh, draft capital. Uh, I would fix the offensive line. I would fix the running game. And that would include a tight end, you know. So if I had a choice, I'm looking at offensive line or center and right guard, and I'm looking at running back and tight end. Um, that's that's my own personal thoughts. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, and I, I think that there's a world where the Jets can do that and also add at the wide receiver position. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't, especially where the Jets are picking. Like, they can take if, like, okay, Let's like the last caller. If you are able to get Evan Neal and Trey McBride, which is realistic, by the way, with pick 35 and pick four, pick 30, whichever one, the, the second round and pick four, or even let's say a Quanu, right? And that kind of does both of those things. Um, the Jets like Michael Carter a lot, as they should. I think they could add a bigger body back on D3, but I, there's not a running back in the first or second round that the Jets are going to draft, and I don't think they should with the number of needs that they have, nor do I think they're going to spend big money on the position. Um, but getting Mekhi Becton back sure as hell is going to help a lot in the run game. He was their best run blocker by a mile last year. I thought McGovern came on strong at the end of the year. So if you go into next year with – your offensive line of 
Becton, Elijah Vera, Tucker, McGovern at center, Evan Neal at right guard, and George Fant at right tackle. That's a great improvement, and that's an offensive line that last year in 2021 was roughly middle of the pack. They're a, they're hovering around average right now, and with another addition, they could go from average to like you want to be in that top 12 area, and I think the Jets are pretty close to that. Um, so while I agree the offensive line and run game needs to get better, like I don't think it necessarily has to mean that you ignore the wide receiver position also. Because I do think you need more there in addition to helping those positions out too. Uh, who do we have next? We have James in New Jersey. Oh, okay, James. We're going to do a little Josh Allen and Zach Wilson discussion. I love it. Let's do it. Hey, what's going on, Matty? It's your boy James from New Jersey. How's it going? So listen, I have a proposition for you, an idea. Hear me out. So I just recently listened to the uh, uh, Carton and Roberts show, and you know they were talking know about how Giants are making contact or have made contact with Brian Flores, which I think would be a great hire for the Giants, depending upon who their GM is. Would it be a great? But then they started going on, at least Carton started going on a rant about how they might go for Deshaun Watson, just like how a year ago the rumors were going for Deshaun Watson was a possibility. And obviously, Carter's talking about how he is, uh, how he's like, you know, how he's going to stay on the mountain or down in the mountain about, you know, we should have got Deshaun Watson or I still want Deshaun Watson. Yada, yada, yada. Here's what it is. We have Zach Wilson, start him young, and start him with a rookie. Then uh, Roberts, Evan Roberts brought up an interesting fact of how Josh Allen, how Josh Allen's rookie year was almost the same as Zach Wilson when Josh Allen progressed from year two, from rookie year to year two, into year three, and now to year in year four, how he's going to the second round of playoffs. So the idea for you, uh, uh, Mr. Mattelary, is can you possibly create a video or a content, or tell me right now if you can, the comparison between Zach Wilson's year as a rookie versus Josh Allen's rookie year. Now, I know the comparisons might be skewed, but it's kind of the same situation. A little. Not the same situation, but think about it. You know, McDermott in his second year in the program, but, jo- but you know, but Josh Allen starting off with a young young coaching staff, possibly, or the case may be. Zach Wilson was at the same idea, and I think Zach Wilson can progress. And year two is going to be the big leap and the big test to see wherever he can thrive, just like Josh Allen thrives. So if you could do that for me, man, or tell me right now after this call, I greatly appreciate it. Hell yeah. Thank you for listening, man. Again, excited for this offseason. And as always, go Jets. Help you, Matt. Love it. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, so good question, by the way. We can get into it right now. Uh, Zach Wilson, 13 starts, 55.6 completion percentage, 2,334 yards, nine touchdowns, 11 picks, uh, 179.5 yards per game, 69.7 rating. He also had four rushing touchdowns on 185 yards. As for Josh Allen, he had a significantly lower, if I remember, completion percentage. Yes, he did. Uh, Started 11 games, played in 12. Basically played 12 games because you remember they started Nathan Peterman for like a quarter and then pulled him. Um, So 52.8 completion percentage, 2,074 yards which is 172.8 yards per game, 10 touchdowns, 12 picks, and he ran for 
631 and eight touchdowns. Uh, so he definitely ran more than Zach did. And I don't think Zach is going to ever really run for that many yards. I think it's something that they can utilize more, but I see him maybe in like, I don't know, maybe like five rushing touchdowns on the year and like 400 yards in that ballpark. Um, but what we did see from Allen and kind of what we're hoping for here is the progression for from year over year. Right, even his second year wasn't very good. Fifty-eight point eight completion percentage, three thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, and sixteen starts. By the way, not very good. But in year three, he took that massive, massive leap. And I, some people look at Allen as the outlier, but I don't think it's fair to claim that Zach Wilson can't play in this league based off thirteen starts. I don't, and I really like what we saw over the last five games. And yeah, I will be the first one to tell you, next year he has to throw for more touchdown passes. He can't be throwing for nine touchdown passes in 13 games. That has to, has to go up. Um, he's got to be looking at, if he's one, play 17 games, please. But if he plays 17 games, he's got to be throwing at least 25 touchdowns, right? At At least. Uh, and then, like I said, maybe add five or six rushing touchdowns there. So if you're hover, if you're in around thirty touchdowns, yes, sign me up. I'm in for that. Perfecto, I'm in. Um, it's about progression, man. That's it. Just hope that he can build year over year. And then guess what? They also the Bills got him more talent, and they built around him really, really well. With the Jets, did not do at all with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was also very turnover prone uh, and never grew out of that, which hand up, I thought he would be able to grow out of. And I was hoping that in year three, he was going to take that leap. He did not. Um, But with Zach, I think the infrastructure is better. And I think the raw arm talent is better, which excites me. I think the Jets have something here. Let's do Tony. He wants to do, he's calling it from Long Island, by the way, and he wants to do NFL draft stuff. Let's do it, man. What's going on, Matt? It's Tony from Long Island. Basically, the way I see it, the perfect NFL draft that we could have in 2022, if everyone falls to us, would be Evan Neal at the four pick and then receiver Traylon Burks at the 10 pick. My question to you is, why aren't more Jets fans seeing it the way I see it? So Good question. my whole thesis is founded on the principle that the offense needs to be finished this offseason, right? The last time the Jets were good was 2009-2010. We had two Pro Bowl caliber linemen in Mangold and DeBrickishaw. 2009, we had Fanica, too, who was a Pro Bowler, I believe. Right? The last time the Jets cracked the top 23 in points or yards in the NFL was 2015. Before that was 2011. We need to score points not only to win these games and give the defense a break, but to give them the motivation to play because, you know, when they're out there all game, they're getting screwed, right? Plus, it would be awesome to make these games watchable. I don't know. The Jets have just been terrible the past five years from my perspective. You know, you invested a second overall pick in Wilson last year. Don't do what we did with Darnold, where we didn't give him any weapons. We didn't even give him a chance. He was running for his life his entire tenure with the Jets, right? Finish the job. Get Neal. Finish the offensive line. Give him a sick weapon in Traylon Burks, who could be amazing. And then on top of that, if you finish, you give these weapons, give the Jets these weapons, and you give them this sick offensive line between Becton, ADT, Evan Neal. Fant's been incredible. Moses, if we keep him, has been good. McGovern is serviceable. 
other free agents will want to come, I feel. They'll want to come to a team where, you know, they can come and contribute immediately because the foundation is there, right? So Neil, with his versatility, finishes the offensive line, and his versatility will give us depth on a team that has been riddled with injuries the past two years. Burks, I don't need to say it. He's a crazy good receiver. Yep. I can't wait to see him play. I think he's going to be incredible, right? Agreed. Now you might be thinking, what about the defense? They were terrible. Yeah, they were, but we're terrible across the board, so you know, pick your poison. But defense, we still got the second, the third, two set fourths, and two fifths. We have two seconds, but I really want to grab that tight end McBride. So yep. six players in the draft, and then free agency. Defensive one, go for Clay's Campbell or Chandler Jones. You want a linebacker, there's Hightower. Cornerback, one of the two in uh, New England aren't coming back, and Gilmore and the Jackson, go grab one of them. Or Carlton Davis, KTA Hayward, DJ Reed Jr. If you want a safety, Marcus Williams, Jesse Bates, Tyron Matthews, Quandre Driggs, uh, Diggs, rather, Devin McCoy. There's so many options, but... You know, we can do the defense similar to how we did last year with late-round picks and hopefully add a few guys who don't get hurt. But the number one priority for me is finish the offense. I want to have a top-15 offense. I got cut. But the point remain. I, I agree with this. I think the overall point that uh, we're, we're trying to make here still still stands that, you know, that Tony's trying to make is fix the offense in the draft and fix the defense through free agency or sorry, I guess maybe more fix the defense through free agency and supplement in the later rounds and fix the offense through the early rounds in the draft. And I like that theory a lot and you can't be satisfied. You're right. Like they took a massive leap forward. Mike LaFleur looks like a legitimate play caller, but you need more help. You do. You can't have, you can't be thrown. The, the receiving core that Zach worked with the last couple of weeks of the year was downright brutal, really, really bad. Um, so they need more. I agree. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find me, you know, disagreeing with you there. I think you could uh, attack that. Maybe the one that I wouldn't. I might wait for edge in the draft, but other than that, I agree with linebacker. I agree with safety corner. I don't think they're gonna go as high as like a Gilmore or J.C. Jackson, but. <clears throat> Uh, someone who I've brought up a lot is Joe Horn, and I know he's up there in age. I get it. But at this point in his career, he can still play in zone, and I think he would be, which is what the Jets run, by the way. And I do think that he would help mentor the younger guys like Hall, Eccles, uh, Michael Carter II, Pinnock, uh, anyone else, uh, Isaiah Dunn, uh, anyone else you add through the draft. Uh, would help mentor them along. So almost like when the Jets brought in Ty Law at the end of his career, and I mean, Darrell Revis really took his game to the next level after working with him. So uh, I'm kind of hoping for that impact, but we'll see. I agree with most of what you were saying there, Tony. Let's go, Doug from Wontaw. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, Matt. This is Doug from Wontaw on Long Island. I love the show, and I've really been enjoying some of the content that you've been putting out. And I just wanted to call in to talk about uh, some potential picks and offseason moves for the Jets. One thing I really think is that this is one of, going to be one of the biggest off-seasons in Jets history with all the draft capital and cap space that we have. I think this could really be the turning point for them. And one of the biggest things that I want is Joe Douglas to make safe picks. I know a lot of people are hoping for Evan Neal or Stingley or some other guys like that. Personally, I feel that at four, 
we should take Kyle Hamilton. Oh. I think that if we're going to lose oh. Marcus May, you can really get My a great heart. safety who will be Pro Bowl caliber within one to two years. I think he could easily be like a Jesse Bates type player or like Justin Simmons, one of those guys. And I think that could really help out the secondary. As for pick 10, I feel like the Jets should maybe reach for Linderbaum. I think if you get him, he could have a similar rookie year to a guy like Creed Humphrey of the Kansas City Chiefs, who was really successful this year. And I think Linderbaum has potential to be an all-pro. And I think if you get ABC and Linderbaum out of the Jamal Adams trade, and in 10 years, they're still on the Jets. I think that would literally be the greatest thing ever. As for free agency, I feel like the Jets need to address wide receiver, whether it's through free agency or a trade, because I think drafting a receiver that's going to have to develop doesn't necessarily fit so well for Zach Wilson's development or necessarily the Jets' timeline. I feel like if you can get a great number one receiver, whether it's Calvin Ridley I've heard you talk about DK Metcalf, which I can't even believe that he would ever be available. Maybe Amari Cooper even, like you were talking about. I think that's the way to go. You see guys like Stephon Diggs go to the Bills. Josh Allen takes a massive lead. On the Cardinals, they get D-Hop. Kyler Murray becomes basically a Pro Bowl talent. And I think that's just the route the Jets need to take. And I think within two years, the Jets could be a playoff at least playoffs, possibly Super Bowl contender. It's too early to say. But anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you use it. Let's go, Jess. Love it, dude. Love Wontaw, too, by the way. Well, Friday or Saturday night action at Mulcahy's. Catch me there. I <laughs> uh, haven't been to Mulcahy's in a while, but I, I do do like Wontaw. Um, yeah, I'm not a Kyle Hamilton guy, so you're not going to be able to sell me on that. I, I get it, but that's just... That's not for me. And I'd probably rather, if you want to go the offensive line route, with um, which I am okay with, I would probably rather go with either um, Neil or Aquanu at four and then go, I don't know. If you're going with the offense-defense route, Dean at 10, I guess, which might be re-reaching. Um, but if you want that impact, I would like to me, I think Dean would be more impactful in this defense than Kyle Hamilton would. Um, I just do if I'm doing that route and I probably wouldn't take him there. I would, I would rather, I think, take the wide receiver unless you're addressing that. Like you say, via, via trade, then that's a different conversation. Then maybe Dean is okay there, but I don't think the jets have the luxury of taking Hamilton. I really don't. Yeah, don't know, man. Ed from Long Island is up next. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is Ed from Long Island. So I've heard the Amari Cooper talk. I've heard the Calvin Ridley talk. And I just was watching your video about the Jets trading back out of the 10 spot. And I had an idea for a trade. What do you think of... Since you were talking about New Orleans, and I agree New Orleans is probably looking for a quarterback, what do you think about trading the number four pick for the number 18 pick plus Michael Thomas? I think that's a fair deal. I think they're trying to get rid of Michael Thomas. 
I think it's good for the Jets. They get their wide receivers. Let me know what you think. Uh, Michael Thomas really scares me. He hasn't played almost at all in two years. Seven games in two years. None this year. It's frightening. Again, he's a real. When he was healthy, he was a really, really, really good receiver. It's a massive, massive risk. It's a massive risk, and I think I'd rather more of a. Sh- there are no short things in this life, but I, I, he's a little bit too risky, for me. I think. I get the idea. If if we can guarantee he's going to come back and be that twelve hundred yard guy, then hell yeah, sign me the hell up. Let's do it. But I don't know. I really don't know if he can be. We'll see. If the Jets were to do that move, I'd probably try to talk myself into it. But I'm not going to lie to you. I would be very, very nervous. Jake in New Jersey is next. He wants to do some DK Metcalf talk. Hey, Matt. What's going on? It's uh, Jake from Jersey. What up? What up? I'm just uh, curious what you would think about it. Uh, I just watched your video right now about trading for Amari Cooper. Uh, What about DK Metcalf? I mean... People like to say that he's not a good route runner, but honestly, he's not a bad route runner. He's If you watch tape, he's open, and I, I just feel like Zach has a good deep ball. It'd be great, and also, like, what would you give up for him? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I know the, a first-round pick's high, but we do have two of them. If you traded a first-round pick for DK Metcalf instead of drafting Drake London or Trey Burks or whoever – that same type of player. I mean, if you trade a first round back to Seattle, that's you basically traded Jamal Adams for Elijah Vera Tucker and DK Metcalf. That's true. I just feel like he's already an established player. I'd rather trade for him than draft one of these guys when you're not a hundred percent certain that they're going to produce. You know. That's but uh, let me know what you think, man. Thanks. That's fair. I think of the bunch, DK is the one that I would maybe be able to pallet giving up pick ten for. That's the thing, though. Like, if they were to trade back and then maybe give up that pick, then maybe I'm concerned. I don't know. I'd rather to give pick thirty-five. But you're you're right to word it that way. Like Adams for Metcalf and AVT is definitely more impactful for your rookie quarterback than signing Josh uh, Josh Allen. Uh, than signing. I'm watching the game still in the background as this is going. Then uh, signing Jamal Adams would have been, but um, interesting. I'd have to really think about it. Like I said, of all the options, if I have to give up a first rounder, I'm not doing it for Calvin Ridley, too risky. Not doing it for Michael Thomas, way too risky. Not doing it for uh, Mari Cooper. DK? Maybe. Maybe. Let's do Eddie in North Carolina. This is going to be a little bit different. But uh, I think it's worthwhile to play. Hey, Matt. This is Eddie from North Carolina. I'm not going to talk about the Jets. I just want to mention something. I grew up on Long Island. I'm from Seaford. And um, heard some bad news. Clark Gillies, captain of the Islanders, leader of our dynasty, passed away. And I know you do Islanders, or you used to. And I just want to give a shout-out to the Gillies family and all the Islander fans on Long Island and tell them it's a horrible thing and a lifelong Islander fan and um, rest in peace, Captain Clark Gillies. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, 
Yeah, I'm an I'm an Islanders fan. I do cover the Islanders for Eyes on Isles, and you know this is my Jets show on here. But I think it's worthwhile to play because the Jets have a really really big fan base on Long Island, and for those who aren't from Long Island and are watching this, um, hopefully what I'm about to say can make you guys realize how much of an impact it has to us here because. While, yeah, he's going to be remembered for winning four Stanley Cups with the Islanders, he did so much charity work on Long Island and has helped so many kids. He has it. Do me a favor. Look up the Clark Gillies Foundation. He has donated tons and tons of money and time and energy and effort into helping kids who are sick with unimaginable things, who come from really bad situations with no money or kids who are hungry and he's done a, a really a, a ton of things for the community of long island so well yeah he never play, he didn't play for the jets this is a, you know a jet show obviously so i'm not going to spend a ton of time on this but uh it's a massive loss for long island and i do know that there are a lot of jets fans on the island and you know if you're not or even if you're you know even if you're from new jersey and you're a devils fan or a rangers fan or you don't even care about hockey but um just for a second, if you could look up what Clark Gillies was as a person off the ice it, it's and what he did for his community was tremendous stuff. So just wanted to play that one quickly. Uh, Devin from Nevada is up next. He wants to talk about – do a little Wilson and Darnold conversation. All right, let's do it. What's going on, man? Devin from Nevada. What up, dude? Again. Um, really, I just want to talk about uh, obviously the future of the Jets, but – you know, if we had kept Sam Darnold. Um, so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Zach's end of his rookie year, of course. And, uh, you know, that had me wanting to go back and watch Sam Darnold's rookie year and, you know, some highlights from that. And, uh, you know, just his arm, it looks like there's no zip on it. You know, his feet um, look like he's always jumpy. And you can tell that he was seeing ghosts, like, you know, his whole time that he's been in the NFL. Um, you know, like the boogeyman for real is out there on the field when Sam Darnold is playing. He gets nervous. He gets scared. And, you know, one thing I love about Zach is he looks calm, cool, collected in the pocket. And uh, I remember when I was watching him during preseason this year, like he looked so cool, like out on the field. He just looked like a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like just looked like a cool, confident guy. And, um, you know, during the middle of the season when the Jets was having their um, really, you know, rough stretch, um, you know, he didn't look like that. But towards the end of the season, Zach looked cool again. He looked real smooth, real fluent with the football, real fluent with his feet, and that's what you love to see. And uh, another thing that I love to see is, uh, you know, recently uh, Jets' Twitter's been going crazy. Um, I saw Troy Aitman bash, bash oh, yeah. you know, the Jets, and uh, Jets fans was in full force posted name, I mean, uh, eight, uh, Troy's stats. And uh, he had a pretty mid-career, um, to be honest, but Jets Nation, you know, I love it. You know, we got to be that uh, that fierce, that fiery bunch that we're always sticking up for our guys no matter what. And, you know, that's what it's going to take to, you know, turn this culture around. We got to stick up for our guys, even from the media, you know, Bart Scott and always saying something dumb, you know what I mean? And we really just got to stand up and protect our guys on and off the field. And uh, another thing, um, since we're dumping on the Panthers um, with Sam Donald, um Matt Rule firing, like, all his teams, yeah. all his, uh, you know, coaches, and then saying that he would love to be the coach at Michigan. Um, thank God we did not hire that guy. 
I think we actually found the right guy in uh, Sala and uh, Joe Douglas, you know. Um, Zach Wilson actually tweeted over the weekend. There were some highlights of his, and he tweeted, you know, I miss ball. And that's what you love to see. You want yep. the kid to get back out there. You love the hunger. And uh, Zach has the will to win. Robert is a leader of men. And Joe Douglas is just a, just a mastermind. You know, we, we're in good hands. So, Jet Nation, um, don't worry too much. But at the same time, if anybody, you know, tries to talk down on us, <laughs> That's the perfect time for us to just attack and go crazy. So I love it. Uh, again, congratulations on over a hundred, uh, you know, thank you videos of this, my man. You're definitely a pillar of the fan base, and we appreciate you, brother. Uh, hope you're having an awesome year so far, and go Jets, man. Love it. Thank you. Really appreciate the kind words. Love hearing from you guys, and you know, De- Devin's a regular, and you guys are always welcome to call in. Um, but the the guys who call in every week it really means a, it means a lot to me, um, and I think you bring up a lot of good points with uh, just you know the comparisons and I, I do feel good and um, I wanted Matt Rule I was vocal about it it hasn't been worked out well in Carolina I was confident in Sam Darnold going into his third year and he fell off a cliff and Matt Rule has been very underwhelming in the NFL and maybe could be out of a job next year if things start you know don't start to go better for him. Uh, but I like Robert Sala. I think he showed promise in his first year. Uh, and I think the rookie quarterback did as well. Um, I'm happy with the way this football team is going. And my expectations are much higher for next year. They have to be. I don't think they're going to be another, you know, team winning, you know, less than five games a year. I don't think so. Get up to eight, nine, ten. That'd be perfect that would be a-okay in my book uh i'm excited i really i like zach wilson said i miss watching zach play which last year did not miss the quarterback play from last year so there we go let's close out with nick in dc hey matt it's nick from dc what up dude so uh just wanted to call in and uh just finished watching the Bengals titans game and so I have a a trade that I think we need to pull. We need to pull the trigger. I think we need to give Cincinnati pick four, pick 10, 32, 35, 38, and maybe a third for Evan McPherson. That kid is absolutely ice cold. No, I'm kidding. But um, I, I do think, like, after watching that game, and this might be a weird time to, to bring this up almost, just because, I mean, Burrow was sacked nine times, but... I guess it does make sense in the way that he still had over 300 yards and played a pretty decent game. I do actually put a few of those sacks on Burrow, but you know most of them were just uh, free runners at him. Uh, and, and the reason I, I bring all this up is that this this kid single-handedly turned around the Cincinnati Bengals and is taking them to an AFC championship. And I bring this all to say, honestly, I, I, I get the whole, like, we want to fix the defense. I get it. But really, what's our main goal right now? That's developing Zach Wilson. I, I honestly, what is Nakobe Dean going to do to really develop Zach Wilson? Now, it might help win games, and I'm trust me. And if we take, you know, I don't know, Nakobe Dean or Stingley or Hamlin, I won't be like that upset, or, or you know, one of the edge rushers if they fall. I, I get that. But really, I, I just I want to develop Zach Wilson. Draft a lineman. Draft a receiver. Draft a tight end. I just let's just. F it, like we did last year. I mean, that's what Joe Douglas did. He was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to get me every single weapon. I mean, you know, he went for Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. He surprised all of us. Remember Elijah Moore? We were all like, what in the world? Uh, honestly, at this point, just go all in. Go all in. 
get this kid as much help as we can. Anyway, that's my thoughts, but uh, go Jets. I love it. You're right. You can't be satisfied. with This has been kind of like the theme of this show. You cannot be satisfied with the Jets' offense. You have to go do more. And yes, the defense needs helps too. Helps help as well. But you, you have to give your 22, 23-year-old quarterback as much assistance as humanly possible. The Bengals did it for Burrow. The Bills did it for Josh Allen. Uh, Mahomes already went into a stacked situation. Mahomes is great. Every quarterback that's left, look at all the every team that's left right now. Look at the weapons on those teams. They all can beat you multiple, multiple ways on offense. Every single one of them. You need help. Having a good defense is a, is a start. Is a start. But look, every year, man, look at these teams that are left. You have to score in this league. You have to. It's not. There's no question about it. You have to continue to improve. A 21st overall offense. Again, it is a nice improvement because you were 32 for like every year the last few years. Go up to top 15, top half of the league. Okay. If the Jets could get to like, I don't know. What's a realistic ask for next year? Like the 20th defense and like the 14th offense? Then you probably hover around 500 if you're doing that. I'm about it. Try to improve this offense. So that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 101. I'll be back next week as always. Don't miss any of my content. Big week of content ahead. Going to have a couple special guests on. Appreciate all the love and support from you guys. And I'll talk to you next time.